This is exactly right. Welcome to my favorite murder, the mini-sode. That's right. That's Karen Kilgariff over there. That That's George R. Stark way over there. Hi. Welcome. What's up, everybody? What's going on? What's up? <laughs> this isn't the episode where we talk about that, but just keep in mind. No. <laughs> let us know what's up in a couple days. Oh, oh, George and Frank are letting us know what's up. Sorry. They're out. <laughs> I have neighbors who are partying, and I want to Why? judge them, and I want to yeah. like... You know, call whoever. Uh-huh. But uh, then I remembered. And all they're doing is like every once in a while, there'll be one dude that goes like, Woohoo! Like super loud woohoo <laughs> <That> guy. <laughs> and there's, you know, like the the old rebel in me is just like, fuck them. And then I remembered in my when I was in my 20s and we subletted a house. <gasps> We made the next door neighbors move away. Oh my sell god. Sell their home and move away. We were so loud every single night. Oh my god. Do you think it's like an Airbnb or sublet next door? It's a sublet, but it just started and I think it's like people that are excited to have the place that they have maybe. Yeah. It's really not. So so George like my dogs will bark if a a car door closes yeah. because they assume it's always coming here. Sure. And so, yeah. Anyway, so oh they were like, no, that would drive yeah. me crazy. That would drive me fucking crazy. But it's like, it's a little bit like it made me go like the first wave of emotion was like, God fucking damn it. And then I was going to like text, <laughs> you know, text the owner or whatever, because he's super cool guy. Yeah. And then I was just like, um, if I could have five friends over and yell, have one yeah. of them be a dude that yells woohoo, I would do it right now. Totally. And it's also like, you were that person once. So I was you that have person. To say. I'm, I'm jealous of those people. <laughs> I've ruined people's real estate investments. Oh I've ruined with my alcoholism. I've ruined plenty of other people's good times. <laughs> I can't been the fucking say guy. a word. You've been the woohoo guy. <laughs> I've been the woohoo guy. I've been in love with the woohoo guy. I've followed the woohoo guy around oh. from party to party. Totally. I mean, there's so much that I just kind of was like, st- I was standing in my bathroom because, of course, it's really quiet in here most yeah. of the time. And then all of a sudden it's like, Wah! it's literally like this guy's having the time of his life. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, in the what? middle of COVID, he can still woohoo. Meanwhile, w- you're fucking quarantining and like masking yourself. And, and like- I. I don't get to drink Malibu coconut rum the way I really would like to. Right. Sometimes I don't get to anymore. And this motherfucker's woohooing. He's woohooing it down his gullet, just partying in my face. <laughs> He's partying right in your face. He's partying right in my face. And I have to take it and I have to eat it. And that's my lot in life because challenge. of the life yeah. I already lived. It's a test from the... from. It's like if you were Buddhist, this would be the perfect test. It's you know what it is. Instead of calling and being a narc, the question I have to ask myself is, how do I get some more woohoo into my life? Because yeah. it's not impossible. Oh. I need to open up to it. We all need and just a little extra woohoo in our lives. I need to find some oh fucking my God. dude in cargo shorts. No, 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 Garrett, <laughs> you need to be the woohoo guy that 
that you want to see in other people. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to do the woohooing anymore. I've okay. done it all. Okay. I've been the woohoo guy. You need to have the woohoo boyfriend that you want to see in other people. Yes, I need to start taking applications for woohoo guys in my own backyard and stop being jealous and and trying to keep up with the Joneses I mean, in the other there's, backyard. There's definitely the cargo shorts. There's puka shell necklace. There's flip flops for <laughs> your flip cool flop. flip flops. Absolutely. Sure? Okay. Whatever it takes to get him into the into the yard. Yeah. Um, to your I'll just hey. I'll line up a bunch of white claws down the driveway, <laughs> and he'll be like, "What? Sorry, <laughs> white claw! Whoa!" And you and you line them up right into your heart. <laughs> oh, get over here, you little so and so! Bring your cheers over here. It was a real. This just happened like ten minutes before we started recording, and I was like standing in the bathroom, like. They're too loud. And then I was like, what? You fucking hippie. You're a hundred. Dare you. You're a hundred. You're a hundred. You're bitter. And you made people move out of their home. You were so loud. That's amazing. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so my apologies. My apologies to everybody. Let's read everyone else's (laughs) stories. You guys send us your worst partying or, oh no, send us your worst neighbor stories. Right. That's a great idea. (gasps) Creepy, crazy, weirdo neighbors. Fucked up neighbors that almost made you move or made you move or like, what did they what's the worst thing a neighbor has done that like or that you've done to other neighbors true true but we do want remember not just like don't complain about your neighbors yeah. we there needs to be an element of creepiness yeah. uh, a good story Fucked part of it something creepy yes exactly um make sure there's there's something there's something uh, out of yeah. the ordinary and again we still want it. hometown murder stories like we still want fucked up home <laughs> so keep sending those to yeah but we're just trying to give you a little bit of an idea like here's the thing it makes me think of like everybody in college lived near it didn't have to be like right next door mm-hmm. live near a creepy person that later on you're like then we found out yeah. blah 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 exactly like, the mean neighbor for. was an asshole cat started disappearing and then it turned out yes. he had made a cat army and yes. one night they all attacked <laughs> their owners. Anyway, are you ready yeah <laughs> that was the cue and then they all came over the hill <laughs> Cats. Yeah, oh, motherfucker! <laughs> Here we go. I'd be like, take me. You're like, fine. You win this I'd war. Sacri- I'd hold my wrists out. I'd sacrifice myself to the take me. <laughs> uh, okay. okay, should we do it? Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a sweet ending? I have a um, funny. I have a, fu- a funny ending. Okay, we should go first. Okay. Well, this first one is badass grandma and a family murder. Great. That's which is all a great, ever great combination. Right? Hey, pals. I've been listening for the last few days and I can't wait to listen every Monday. Sorry. Hey, pals. I've been listening for the past few years. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, wow, that was. <laughs> hey, pals. I've been listening for the past few years and I can't wait to listen every Monday and Thursday. I wake up excited for my morning commute. Oh, this must be an old one. (laughs) Anyways, like Karen always says, everyone in the 80s got divorced, giving me four grandmas. And then in parentheses, I'm I'm 21. LOL. Honestly, I'm kind of glad it all happened because all of my grandmas are my best friends. They're all badass women fighting 13 different rounds of cancers, the patriarchy, all while raising a ton of children. One of my favorite stories is how in the last two elections, all of them secretly voted for Hillary because they all wanted to see a woman in the White House before they die. 
Yes. <sighs> they all are married to very conservative men in the South and didn't want to cause drama like the Southern Bells they are, but they wanted to see that dream come true. Dude, I okay. fucking, we, I knew that was, we all like knew that was happening, right? Yes, that's definitely happening. Yeah, and you can that, do it again this year, everyone. More, more so. More so. Okay, on to the murder okay. is what it says. In the, in the email. That wasn't me to you. <laughs> my mother's stepmom, my Mimi, is an icon who drove sports cars in her 20s, but became a Southern housewife who's now obsessed with Magnolia and keeping her house beautiful. When I was younger, I was staying with her and I asked how her dad died being nosy. I thought it was going to be a heart attack or something. However, I was immediately shocked and interested when she told me he was murdered by my great, great uncle, a 12 year old murderino's dream. <laughs> This story is sort of unclear because this happened about 70 years ago. However, it was something like this. My great grandfather was with his brother chopping wood when his brother decided to start hacking away at him with one of the axes. My grandfather began to run away while being chopped at. They lived in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina. So the next closest house was about a house was about a half a mile away as he struggled to run he got to the neighbor's home and as he got to the window his brother hit him with the axe for the last time and he died as he was hit he fell into the window covering it in blood highly disturbing the family watching the evening news the family said it was like something out of a horror film imagine it a bloody chopped up man falling into your living room window while you watch the news oh my, my great uncle was then arrested and he admitted that he did it because he was jealous of my grandfather's success he killed him in hopes to acquire his land and other possessions thankfully he did not receive any of it my grandmother got remarried and her youngest daughter now lives in the same house he bought for them that grandmother outlived three husbands the other two dying of old age a baddie what can i say i've truly lost track of the grandmothers at this point <laughs> well anyways thank you for all you do as a kindergarten teacher at a school who decided to open during this pandemic there can be a lot of anxiety involved very mm. true i'm in uh, nursing school while teaching and i've been exhausted a lot of days but i love mondays and thursday mornings thank you for giving me a little break twice every week i always look forward to it. love y'all Dylan. Here's Dylan out here in the world being a teacher and studying to be a nurse. She's just like double downing on all of us. It's a boy Dylan. D-I-L-L-O-N and he wrote he him. So it's a boy Dylan being a teacher and a nurse. Amazing. I I know it. it. I love every aspect of it. I know. Welcome Dylan. (laughs) He's been here a couple years. (laughs) He's been here a couple years. I originally read your first line that you'd been listening for a couple days. (laughs) I feel like Stephen should leave that in. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh Wow. Yeah, fucking that family was never the same who got who was watching the news, probably. Also, it's just like you're you're just out, you know, in the country in the olden days, chopping wood with your brother. And suddenly he just tries. He kills you. Yeah, that's insanity. Like chop, chop wood. And then you turn and chop again. But Mm -hmm. this time it's your brother. Yeah, dude. Okay, this one's called It's a Summer Camp Murder. Okay. Hello, Karen, Georgia, and friends. Thank you for having me. Now, it's not (laughs) technically a hometown, but I did spend 11 summers where this happened, so I think that counts for something, which absolutely... Here we go, they said. Like most kids growing up in a predominantly Jewish suburb in New York, I was an avid sleepaway camper for most of my life. Let it be. (laughs) It's like it it goes without saying that if you grew up Jewish in any way, shape or form, you went to camp. Totally. We were we were 
hardcore camp people. You're camp people. Because our parents are like, get away for two weeks. We can't fucking talk to you. <laughs> Minimum, <laughs> Minimum, if not all summer. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let it be known, I was and still am obsessed with my camp experience and literally had the best time of my life there. <laughs> Which I, I, I have some of my best memories from camp. Too. Absolutely. Uh, despite the events that had occurred on the camp property in the 1940s. And since I fear authority and getting in trouble, I'm changing all of the names in the story. Smart. So back then, the camp was actually an, quote, adult resort. <laughs> and then it says, up for your interpretation. <laughs> and was owned by John and Laura Baker. When John Baker died from heart disease, his distraught wife found comfort in a new lover who, will, who we will call Henry, who was actually the resort's chef. Sorry, anytime I talk about a camp, a fucking like camp or resort in like the Catskills, I just think dirty dancing the whole time, right? Yeah. So he looks <laughs> You're like just Patrick Swayze. That. Yeah, Every it's time. all unfolding in your mind. Yes. Always. Um, from early on, Laura felt that her relationship with Henry wasn't built to last. And then it says, they did get married. <laughs> But, <laughs> hey, look, it happens sometimes. <laughs> but Henry became extremely controlling of her and the property. Being smart because she's a woman, Laura had a document created stating that in the event of her death, the property would be given to her two teenage sons. Ooh. Soon after, Laura and Henry decided to divorce. Henry found the document. You guessed it. He was pissed. A few nights later, Laura had planned to meet one of her sons and his girlfriend uh, for bingo in town. When Laura didn't show up, his son went to the camp to see what was going on. On. Upon arriving, he entered one of the main buildings to find his mother dead from being bludgeoned with a hammer. Ugh. When the police investigated the scene, they also found Henry's body and concluded that he had taken his own life. Unfortunately, since Laura's sons were teens at the time, they were too young to take over the property. So it went on to be sold to new owners, eventually becoming a kid's summer camp. So you can only imagine the rumors and stories that circulated throughout the years. The building God. where yeah, the building where Laura was murdered became the Arts and Crafts building. Mm. And as an indoor kid, I spent a ton of time there. I was young at the time, but there's no age requirement for knowing when the vibe is spooky. Oh. But not spooky enough for me to play sports. So I continued making mediocre <laughs> summer camp art in the murder building for many years. I think the building is now the camp's main office. Stay sexy and don't marry the chef from an adult resort and maybe find some Somewhere else to do your arts and crafts. S. What I mean, he's kind of explaining. Isn't that basically the? Sorry, they're kind of explaining the premise to Friday the Thirteenth oh. horror film series. Right? Isn't that the one where Jason's in the lake? Friday the Thirteenth. I don't remember. Steven, it's not no one. Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yeah, Jason. No, Moore, no. that takes place on Elm Street. Oh yeah, do the negligence <laughs> of the. <laughs> Whoops. Wait, is it Night of the Living Dead? I think it's no, the that's the zombies. No, oh, that's yeah. the mall. Is that the mall one? Yeah, <laughs> Camp Crystal Lake. The negligence yes. of the camp staff. Yes. Yeah. Oh, boy, I gotta Jason rewatch drown that. in the lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Oh, but okay. I'm, it's like it's it, camp is scary just on its own because you're out in yeah. the woods. It's cabins. There's there's really no there's like minimal adult supervision. Right, and so much it's all about activities happen at night. Like you still are doing things at night and walking around. Oh yeah. Oh my sneaking God. around and trying to hang out in and, my I camp mean, in this in the Santa Monica Hills like it was you had to go like long trails of dark surrounded by forest it was fucking terrifying dude I went to camp well because I went to the same camp Camp St. Andrews for like 12 years yeah. or some insane amount of time I loved it too Catholics can do it too <laughs> but we the one of the um camps that we went to because it kind of changed everywhere based on where they would rent right and 
one time it was in the Santa Cruz Mountains oh. where Ed Kemper <gasps> killed people. And they, that the Santa Cruz Mountains were lots of bad stories of we have talked about on this show. Hearted. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Welcome to camp, kids. Camp, everybody. <laughs> I like it. If you have any really horrifying camp stories oh. and they have to be true. Yeah. No creepy pastas, you 14 year old nerd. That's right. OK, ready for this one? Yes. It just starts. Hi, friends. I'm just going to jump right in. I spent a portion of my upbringing in southeast Michigan, but my dad's family comes from the west side of the state. My great grandpa, Richard, was a police chief in Wyoming Township. This town had a local pastor who I'll just call Pastor Frank. In 1939, the 18-year-old daughter of Pastor Frank died of a heart attack and was buried following a very brief investigation. Years later, Pastor Frank came onto the police's radar because he was accused of attacking a church elder with a lead pipe. Mm. This is the game clue. Clue. What's up? And I don't appreciate (laughs) this is creepy. It's not even creepy pasta. It's a fucking game. And how dare you? You can't repeat games. Still a great game, by the way, you guys should. We got at the beginning of quarantine, played it twice, loved it. Haven't thought about it since, but it's a great game. Now you have to move on to watching the movie and every ending. I love the movie. The movies. This is serious. Uh, Okay, now get, let's get real. The accuser also suggested Pastor Frank tried to give him, quote, chemically tainted candy. Mm-mm. Basically, my great grandpa got super suspicious and he found out that Pastor Frank's first wife had died an, quote, untimely death in Illinois several years earlier. Against the advice of his fellow officers and seven years after the death of the pastor's daughter, my great grandpa brought Pastor Frank into the police station. After being questioned, Pastor Frank confessed to not only attacking the church elder, but poisoning his daughter with cyanide. Oh, my God. The, the crime had been committed on a Sunday morning before the pastor went to deliver his weekly sermon dude what the fuck says that right there pastor frank was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison years later when asked why he was suspicious of a young pastor committing murder my great-grandpa responded quote he was a man and one thing i learned in world war one is that men are capable of anything unquote Words to live by, which it also says that. Yeah. I've also been interested in true crime since I was very young. And although I think there are so many problems with policing and I fully support actions to divert money to other resources, I can't help but wonder if my great grandpa passed down this interest to me. He died well before I was born. So unfortunately, I never got to talk with him about it. I am now a clinical psychology PhD student <sighs> studying the assessment of the dark triad, psychopathy, narcissism oh. and Mac and Machiavellianism. Oh, my God. So safe to say, I feel I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. (laughs) You are. So good. Wow. I want to look up the dark triad. Yeah. How come, how I come when you was, were a kid and you did like the, the the testing to see what you're going to be when you grew up or your fucking like career counselor wasn't like, guess what you could study if you wanted to? Like, why yeah. didn't they tell you? N- because even if you could have, they would have been like, oh, that's inappropriate for girls. Right, 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 right. And also um, you won't even take your SATs because you barely go to class. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um, if you, you can't write a book report on Silas Marner if you don't read Silas Marner. Sorry, you're Karen. You're literally barely graduating high school. So that's why. Karen, if you're only going to write book reports based on the picture of the cover art of the book you're fucked you you're won't fucked even now. read the cliff notes karen can we please just pretend i used to truly write write book reports based on no, the picture i'd just be like didn't. this is the moving and uh unequivocal story of an old man with a beard 
just describe what the picture is. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay. Thank you so much for the podcast. You're both so great. And I hope you're each hanging in there despite the wildfires and the pandemic. Thank you. Thanks. I don't really know how to end this. So I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. So I'll just... It is hard. It is. So endings are the hardest yeah. in writing. So I'll just say stay sexy and always suspect cyanide poisoning. Yeah. Kayla. Amazing. I, I wonder, Amazing. I want her to finish school so she can tell us like... I get a psychopath, right? Who's like a murderer. But then what? But then also joining the priesthood and becoming a priest or whatever, like, is is like you're purposely trying to trick people. Yes. That's like a purpose. You know, you're going to going to and want to hurt people. And so it's a cover. you do that. Yeah. Yes. It's a cover. It's so it's extra. It's so extra. It's very much uh what those people do they're like yeah. what's the best way to get people to trust me without being trustworthy and i don't want to kill strangers i want to kill people who trust me <gasps> yeah what the fuck i mean dude okay what is it all about this okay. one's called morbid theme park story <laughs> nice <laughs> and it just starts my queens <laughs> you asked for more theme park stories and having worked several hellish theme park performing contracts, I finally have something to write y'all about. Disclaimer, if you think sketchy, dangerous theme parks died with Action Park, think again. Oh, shit. The summer after my freshman year at college, I got a job performing at a theme park outside of Pittsburgh called Idlewild. The park opened in 1878. And honestly, it felt <laughs> like it had not been updated much since then. <laughs> Run, run away. The slivers alone. Oh, my God. Uh, However, the park had added several outdoor performance spaces where I had the joy of performing in the heat and the rain for crowds of usually less than 10 people all day, every day. Yes, do it. That's called that's called working on your craft. That's right. The most popular show we did was one where I had the great pleasure of wearing a giant tiger suit in which I got to enjoy the aromas of three other people's buckets of sweat for 30 minutes at a time in the blazing sun. Oh, shit. Here's the worst line I've ever read. Sometimes I even got to have some spider friends in the head with me. No. (laughs) And then she writes, so fun. Spiders Christ. in the head. I can't. I don't like surprises. So then you're spiders. and you're like a six year old walking around this shitty um, theme park, <laughs> and then you walk by a fake tiger that's you can hear humans screaming from within. <laughs> I gotta oh, go to this theme park. Fuck. Okay. Okay. Anyways, the premise of the show. This is necessary to the story. Was that? <laughs> thank you for saying so. Was that the tiger? Daniel was trying to convince his friend Katerina Kitty Cat to go on the roller coaster with him. Mm-hmm. She was very scared and didn't want to, but Daniel, in a very creepy, non-consensual way, <laughs> kept pushing her to do it until she agreed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Problematic. Throughout the show, we constantly pointed to the park's old roller coaster, the Rollo Coaster, it's called. This thing was built in 1938, and even though it allowed kids as short as 36 inches to ride, <laughs> it didn't even have seatbelts. Sorry, wait. How short Three is that? Three feet tall. Okay. Three but, feet tall. I feel like when you become a parent, you speak, you say how your kid is 38 months and they're 36 yes. 
inches tall. And please know that people without kids don't fucking know how tall they are. Don't know. Don't care. No. The specific. Congratulations on being in the 90th percentile. We don't give a shit. We know it's your life. We nod to and try smile. Try to speak our language. We're happy for you. We are. We just want to drink. Okay. <laughs> Uh, They're like, so do we. That's yeah. why we started the mom wine trend. That's why we're all having drinks while we talk about this. Uh, so it didn't have seatbelts. Nope. Just a little bar. I refused to go on it because it seemed so rickety and always felt weird uh, about promoting it in the show. But kids went fucking bananas for both Daniel Tiger and the roller coaster. So there wasn't much I could do about it. One day, while getting ready to head over to the Tiger show, we got news that a three-year-old child had fallen off the roller coaster. Oh, no. And was being flown to the hospital in critical condition. However, our show was about to start. And since it was one of the park's biggest attractions, our supervisor made us do it in the midst of the chaos. So here I am in a tiger suit singing and dancing about how fun the roller coaster is moments after a helicopter left the park with an unconscious child. Oh, clearly everyone in the unusually packed audience knew what had happened. And through the mesh cartoon tiger eyes, I received the dirtiest looks from parents <laughs> who seemed to think that I had any autonomy in this situation. Family either by- that yeah. Daniel the tiger or you're projecting. Right. <laughs> could or be, you knew could it was just terrible. Be. Right. Yeah. Family by family, the crowd started to empty out, tossing back disappointed head shakes as they left. Right before Katerina agreed to go on the roller coaster, a supervisor cut the sound and announced that Daniel had to take a nap. The show was canceled for the rest of the summer, but don't worry, I still got to wear the tiger suit for meet and greets. <laughs> I've tried to find more information on the child many times since that day, and I've never learned what happened to him. The kids running the rides at this park seemed like they were 13, and it should have never been a child's responsibility to determine that another child was safe on an octogenarian roller coaster. The roller coaster is still open, and finally, after almost a century, has seatbelts. Stay sexy and don't go to sketchy theme parks, especially during COVID, Zoe. It's still open. It's still open. They just added seatbelts. <laughs> That's horrifying. Yeah. At first, when you first started telling the story, I was like, oh, wow, like more action park style things. And it's like, yeah, more tragedies. Yeah. I mean, because whether they're an unincorporated right. rando theme park or paying off some, the fucking local government so they don't have to have safety checks and shit. Or it's the big ones. I mean, those accidents yeah, happen all the time. Totally. It's horrifying. I have no. In- aside from funnel cakes and corn dogs, I have no fucking interest in going to an amusement park ever. I mean, I there's some good ones, but I have yes. to say the the um for the future for three years from now when we can all start going back to them there's nothing better the best ride right now at disneyland is in california adventure and it's it's soaring over california (gasps) although now it's soaring over the world i never got a chance to get on that one Oh my God, you have to. It's so, and, and there's like no risk because you're actually not going anywhere. Right. You're just in Green this thing that gets it. lifted up and get mo- you get moved into like a, okay. I went on the, I went on the um, Tower of Terror right before the weed uh, Rice Krispie treat I ate kicked in and I had to leave. Oh. So I didn't get a did chance you? to go on and I had a fucking. So did you go up, up, up and then back down? I loved it. Like you it. had to walk down? It was the most, well, I was on that ride and I was like, it's hydraulics. I get it. I love it. It was like the most fun I've ever had. And then we went in the Muppet 3D ride and I I fucking had a I lost it I had a panic attack I ran out of there and I was like we're leaving right now and so I didn't get to go on soaring over whatever the fuck oh because you had to cut you had to cut yeah. your day short don't, I think a lot do, of people don't do edibles you guys you don't need you know to do edibles going to happen to you and yeah. don't do that in public right you know? 
you can't do surprise ride edibles. Definitely. Overstimu- overstimulation edibles are not a thing. Not at a theme park. <laughs> not at the place that's like that we're bu- we're bending over backwards to blow your mind, yeah. and you're like, hold on, let me take a right. little bit of this first. Yeah, that was twenties Georgia, and she made a lot of mistakes. Hey, I relate. That's why we have this podcast. <laughs> no judgments. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, 
Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. This just starts. Hi, everyone. I just realized I have a good, weird pervert story for you with a flight attendant flair for spice. (laughs) What what a kickoff. What more does one want? I love spice. (laughs) When you're a flight attendant, many people ask you your weirdest or worst experience on a flight because many people cannot fathom the idea of spending your life on a plane when airports are such pure torture to so many. Mm. While I've now lived through restraining aggressive passengers, strange and wonderful encounters with celebrities, horrible weather, diverting to a different airport unexpectedly, unexpectedly, and working long, crazy hours when things go wrong, I don't think I can top the story that one of my favorite senior flight attendants told me. Mm. Back in the day, things were a lot more relaxed in the way of security, but our main job has always been safety first, service second. That means looking out for any signs of danger, making sure people have seatbelts on when it gets turbulent, and also things like monitoring the lavatories for anything wrong. Mm -mm. One day, my friend was walking the aisles and giving out water as usual when she passed by one of the lavatories near the back of the plane and noticed a weird odor. It smelled like smoke, which is always a huge emergency because fire on a plane can be deadly, but not cause for panic. A lot of people will sneak into the lavatories thinking they won't get caught sneaking a few quick puffs. They always, and this is in parentheses, they always get caught. I've had friends whip open the doors the second the smoke alarms go off and catch people red-handed. Holy shit. She then realized after a second sniff that it wasn't normal smoke. Oh, yes, that was marijuana smoke. (gasps) Great. So she does the normal knock on the door. Hello, are you smoking in there? No response. Uh, She knocks again saying, hello, are you smoking in there? Nothing. I'm coming in. She unlocked the door and then in parentheses, yes, we can do that. (laughs) Rad. (laughs) It's just good to know. Yeah. And opened it before staring in shock. On the toilet was a man smoking a joint naked. (laughs) He was, however, completely wrapped head to toe in plastic wrap. What? She quickly closed the door and went to her in-charge flight attendant and told him what was going on. He immediately stomped to the back of the plane and yelled to the man that he was to put his clothes on right now or the authorities would meet them on the ground and arrest him. Like I said earlier, it was a different time. Not sure when exactly, but definitely before 9-11. These days, if a man was caught with all that, the police definitely would have been called and the man might have been charged. Yeah. But back then, he was allowed to just walk off the plane <laughs> like nothing oh happened. Oh my God. If you behave from now on, we want to It's like, you can do the bad thing, but when we tell you you have to behave, you have to comply. And then you're fine. 
Oh, do you my think God. that the saran wrap? Okay, wait, I'm going to finish this. this then is we, a whole then thing. I have some yeah. ideas. Okay. So thanks for reading. And if you know a flight attendant, buy them wine and press them for juicy stories because yes. we all have them. Also, we really need the wine right now. <laughs> Since COVID started, thousands and oh. thousands of flight attendants oh. have been laid off. And many of us have been left devastated by losing a job that we live with all our hearts. Mm-hmm. And those who, um, who could never imagine anything worth giving up flying have been forced to find something else and start back at square one. Mm. We are resilient and we can't wait to fly again, but we are all so heartbroken to have our wings clipped. I'm lucky enough to work for an amazing Canadian company that did not leave us completely out in the dark, but many others are not nearly as lucky. Stay sexy and always wear shoes while going into the airplane bathroom. Lots of love, Ariel. Ariel, can we have a moment to fucking shout out flight attendants and I mean how you and seriously. I have experienced so many of them and it's they're just the hardest working badass people who like, deal yeah even before all this stuff dealt yeah. with so much bullshit from so people. much bullshit so much bullshit and they always were I mean all the all the ones I've dealt yeah. with and I've also had some in my family right who are just they're pros they know yeah. how to like handle people they know good psychology totally they know how to get people to do things they can without, immediately be able to, like tell what kind of person they're dealing with and know how to switch over to whatever the f- oh my god and then also yes. like not deal with your bullshit and be good at it yeah and so and there's so many who have lost jobs there's been huge oh, layoffs seriously everywhere and so, the ones yeah. who have jobs have to deal with so many assholes double assholes and just I mean, yeah. Here's my theory about this guy on this plane yeah. and this story. To go back to that. <laughs> the yeah. first thing I thought of was, because first of all, how stupid do you have to be to smoke pot on a plane? Oh like, my God. It, even if it was 1974 and yeah. it was like the height of it all. But the saran wrap, I was like, is that a, like a crazy guy who was trying to lose weight? <laughs> and so he was like, yeah, sweating you know. it out in the yeah. He's like doing a sweat thing. Maybe some weird actor or a or a read, long distance runner. Maybe he read in Marie Claire that this is the best way to lose weight. <laughs> is if you're zero, if you're like in a, above the earth and in air, and you wrap and you wrap yourself. This is the way to lose weight. This is the new Next way. Next up, fun sex tips that involve a scrunchie. Oh no, scrunchies and sex. That's, that was a play. real. That was a, no. I used to do that in my act. That was a real. Oh. Um, Headline on Cosmo one time, like <sighs> ten great sex trip sex tips for Thanksgiving or whatever, and like and one involves a scrunchie, and I was just like, "What is happening? What is happening? Don't put a scrunchie on anyone's balls, friends. Like that's just <laughs> unnecessary. We don't even. I don't Are even want sure a scrunchie not? in my hair. Like it's not just to to tie up all your stuff. Get it out of the way. That's got to be it. Okay, this is called Robbie story. And then it says in the title, Robbies still exist. Remember, we were talking about people named Robbie. (laughs) Yes, that's right. And then it says, with bonus crazy hitchhiker. Mm, Great start. Uh, Starts, howdy. I'd like to preface this story by saying, I love my fiance deeply. (laughs) You know it's (laughs) Uh going to be good. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be good. And then it says, but Lord... Has he done some dumb shit before we got together? (laughs) And yes, his name is Robbie. They do still exist. Nice. So my fiance, Robbie, likes to tell me tales of the adventures he's had before we got together. Stories like how he jumped off a dam into water that was over 100 feet below. How he (laughs) threw house parties with nothing but strangers. (laughs) <laughs> that's like your neighbors uh, yeah. how he has been in multiple bar fights etc and then it says he was a wackadoodle <laughs> slash alcoholic <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Slash unmedicated bipolar. Uh <laughs> The scariest and most interesting story happened to him one night on one of his typical, and then in parentheses, what the fuck, 3 a.m. cruises around town. So per his usual routine, Robbie would casually decide to get up in the middle of the night and cruise around in his Camaro, his literal pride and joy, while listening (laughs) to music. Being the offensively over-trusting person that he is, he decided to pick up a hitchhiker that he saw on the side of the road during one of these drives. The ride starts out normally, once again, what the fuck and who does this, with them listening to music and Robbie asking the hitchhiker where he's headed. (laughs) The side of the road guy names a town that's within 30 minutes, so they begin to head that way. About 10 minutes into the drive, the hitchhiker pulls a knife on my fiance. He holds a knife near Robbie's throat and tells him that he needs to hand over all his money and cards or he will fucking die. So what does my fiance do with his midlife crisis car? He (laughs) speeds the fuck up. Oh, Robbie starts going 70 and then 80 and then 90 down this back road. All the while, the knife is still held up to him. Robbie looks over while holding the pedal to the floor and says, I'm ready to die. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Robbie's. Robbie's. Fuck yes, Robbie. Robbie's. Yes. Apparently this works. The knife goes down. The hitchhiker goes silent. Yeah. Robbie slows down and tells him to get the fuck out of the vehicle. And the hitchhiker does as he is told. I guess the moral of the story is stay sexy and don't pick up hitchhikers at 3 a.m. or maybe ever. Jesse. That's Jesse and Robbie are our favorite character, our favorite couple. Uh, I think John Cougar Mellencamp wrote a song about them. (laughs) Okay, I just want to say this. We were being very facetious about Robbie. We were we were being judgmental. We were putting a lot on him. But guess what? But if you're going to go out at 3 a.m. in your Camaro and pick up hitchhikers uh, because you like to listen to music and meet people or Mm -hmm. whatever your reasons are, then you do that like the warrior Robbie and basically you're ready to die to do that. <laughs> and then if the people are going to threaten you, you're like, yeah, I expected this. You double down because it's three. Yeah. And I'm being crazy. Want to get I'd crazy? Pick up a fucking like <laughs> dude on his way to the office, you know? Right. You're out there to like mix it up with the bad boys and you because you are the king of the bad boys. What you're wanting is experiences to tell your future fiance about. So she's all like, that's crazy. But inside she's like, my heart is racing. I I love him so much. She'll never be bored of you if you have cool stories. Holy shit. You can't you can't bore Jesse, man. She's like, tell me everything. She's like, I want to hear it. Robbie, I'm ready to die. Are you? I'm ready to die. I mean, it's the ultimate upper hand. Also, just remember that in any situation, you don't actually literally have to be ready Mm -hmm. to die. Mm -hmm. You have to be a good actor Mm. and you have to be willing to say the sentence and roll the dice that maybe the other person's like, you know what? I am. I am actually. (laughs) Let's do this. Yeah. And ideally be a man, I'm guessing, too, named Robbie. That'd be helpful. Yeah. I'm seeing Robbie as being a bit broad chested, maybe even barrel chested. Yeah. Kind of like a, he's got like a motorhead shirt with a fleece over it. Definitely. That's Robbie. So, you know, he's going to pull that off. He's going to pull the, are you ready to die? Only Robbie can pull that off. Tonight. Is that it? No, you have one more. No. Nope. Do I? Oh, no, you don't. Nope, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That was six. Keep going, keep going. Oh, man, I would have read that one. 
slower. <laughs> that was a perfect ending. That that was the perfect ending. Robbie. Philosophical. Robbie, Philosophical. you rule. And high fives to all of the flight attendants out there and nurses yes, and we're teachers of you. and, you know. God. And, and Robbie's. Yeah. Yep. Link arms, everybody, because we need to we need to support each other. That's right. These are tough times. We're here for you. You're here for you and and us and everyone and all the murderers. Yeah. And also stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? Ah.